0: So the big question is, why do so many people get sicker and experience more pain as they get older, while others are able to age better, enjoy life and live healthier? With so much misinformation, it's confusing to know what you should and should not do when it comes to taking care of your body. My name is Dr. Brad Wolf, and my mission is to transform world health. In this podcast, I want to share the best strategies on the planet for living max health, feeling amazing and aging pain free. Welcome to the conversation. So welcome to the conversation. This is Living Max Health, and I'm here with Dr. Lauren Pepper. And for those of you who don't know who she is, she's also my wife. She's my partner in crime and business, and she's also our functional medicine expert in our practice in innovation health in Charlotte, North Carolina. Anyway, we've been discussing having this podcast for a while, and this is going to be the the uh, the, the first one that we do together. But we we were discussing what may be good opportunities to be able to speak about. And so today we're gonna be talking a little bit about weight loss and what prevents people from really from losing weight or being healthier inside their body. And so I'm gonna introduce uh, uh, Dr. Lauren Pepper here in just a moment, but I just wanted to tell you a little bit about her. Um, She's been in uh, in, uh, a chiropractor now for 22 years. We've been in practice together and partners uh, in practice together and uh, she's really taken on this thing called functional medicine in a in a really incredible way and is helping a lot of people to overcome issues they have with weight with metabolic issues hormonal issues all sorts of things so we want to find out as much as we can about about this from her and so i'm going to turn the it over to her but i just want to tell me a little bit about your journey from where you are now to just like from where you were to where you are now Oh, absolutely
1: I think that's a great starting point and I I am so happy to be here and I'm I love that we're having this conversation first I want to set the tone that we're in uh, dr Brad's man cave and it's pretty awesome in the area every every wall has so much on it that just just tells a story about who this person who, who he is as a person and he's so passionate about wanting to share his share the message of uh, healthy living and you know, powerful living and purposeful living. And so I'm just thrilled that we were on this journey and we happen to intersect a lot on our journeys. You know, we're, <laughs> we have our parallel paths, but then we constantly seem to overlap with each other. And right now is one of those opportunities because of the, the journey that's led me down functional medicine. And so and to answer your question, Brad, uh, I, I think that, there, there was multiple um, moments in my life that I can look back now on and say this is what started me down this road, but really the 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 thing that happened was I just started getting really tired of seeing so many people, either current patients, past patients, um, family members, friends who were suffering. And they just were how would you not how would you define answers. how would you
0: define suffering? I mean, what was well, suffering? Okay, to you? So
1: that's a big word. I mean, that's a power. That's a that's a that's a, a it's a very emotional word, I suppose, a suffering. Yeah, but they really were. So a lot of times, I guess this was the thing that I would see a lot of most of the folks that were coming in to see me when I was first, like really in the meat and potatoes of, of practice as a chiropractor when I was in, you know, you and I had our two different offices back up north. I was seeing a lot of the um, female population, mostly moms, because at the time I was raising our children and they were younger. So a lot of these women, I was just, I was meeting in mom, mom situations, right? School, playground, you know, friends. And somehow we'd always get on the conversation about one thing or another that led to health. They knew that we were very healthy living. They saw our children being very healthy in their in their day to day and so they would end up in the office to see me mostly for aches and pains and chronic uh you know things that people come to see chiropractors for like back pain neck pain headaches but then when i would dig deeper i would find that a lot of these people were on medications for anxiety for depression spectrum of of depression they were having issues with weight gain uh, they were just not aging well. They weren't feeling well. Maybe they weren't recovering well after pregnancy, baby number two, three. Some of them were you know, older, going into the more of the menopausal mode and having a bumpy road. And at the time, I did the best I could with what I knew. But it wasn't until about five years ago that I was introduced to um, this growing field called functional or metabolic medicine. And it really fit right into the scope of our of the chiropractic model, which was always encompassing not only the physical pains and problems, but also the biochemical issues that people were having the neurology. And so when I was approached uh, by a someone in the field that said, this is a this is you know something that you you may want to know more about. I was, you, you, you were there. You saw I was on it. I, it, just, it was like a light bulb moment in the deepest core of my body that said, yes, this is what I need to start learning. I need to do this. So how it began was by mastering the understanding of what the blood and the urine can tell us about a person's current health concerns, their health issues, coupled with a deeper dive into their symptoms and their like their day-to-day functions and then you know that's it. that's how it started so just kind of mapping it out through that that model or that matrix
0: so so how do, how is that different than you know somebody goes to their medical doctor and you know they have in their yearly physical and they get lab work and right and it's so this is a different animal so it's, if people are used to a certain thing this is not the same thing
1: it, well And this is, that's a great question too. You're asking awesome questions. And we didn't we did not, we did not rehearse this at all. So I just want to make sure that people understand that Brad really is digging in. This is the thing. We see people who, who go to the medical doctors for their annuals or for an issue. And they are often told that one of two things, either that everything in their labs comes back looking fairly normal and there's really no concern that they're all right. Maybe they are maybe asked and told to be guided towards exercising and taking off some pounds, but this is just normal, you know, don't worry about it. It'll pass kind of, you know, that, or they they're put on a pill, a pill for every ill, right? So maybe they're at a point where their blood does show some indications and it might be that they're pre-diabetic or maybe you know, they're trending towards a issues like, you know, with insulin resistance. Or it might be that their thyroid is showing that it's not working well. So they could get put on a pill for different things. A lot of these people are already on some medications. You know, most of these folks, especially the females, are on some sort of um, hormones hormone for replacement
0: control. or yeah. birth control right. I'm seeing or there, um, I mean
1: it's so it's so unusual that I don't have someone who comes in to see me for the functional medicine stuff who is not on a medication already or birth control pill and all these things completely over time can really cause a lot of problems. It can really I wanted to say F you up. I don't even know where you can use those words, but there's really no other way to say it. It just on so many levels can start to cause weight gain, anxiety, depression, um, into the people, weight gain. people
0: aren't sleeping well, they're yeah, they're not, they're, right? they're or not they're able too, to concentrate or they're, the or they're tired but they can't fall asleep or right. they're waking up in the middle of the night. So there's all of these different yes. types different types of issues that are going on inside of people's bodies you know i I became as you started going down this road i i started thinking about back to when i was a kid and when i was in school i learned about all these different systems in the body and what I began to realize was that you know all of those systems are connected. It's not like we have, right. you know, but the population still has this viewpoint that Right. there's it's different whole... there's different specialties, right? Like you got, a bento box. You have your you know your <laughs> end, endocrinologist and your cardiologist and your internist and you have all these different specialists, but the specialists are not even talking to one another. And so I'm really interested in this methodology of functional medicine simply because to me it makes so much sense to really be able to measure the metabolic function within the body. Yeah.
1: As soon as people start to get grasp this model, it's not even like they're going, wait, I don't understand it. It's going, "Oh my gosh, I've been looking for something like this. This makes utter sense." And so, you know, if you asked about weight gain or you said that you wanted to talk about weight gain, you know, do you want me to just tell you one of my biggest observations about weight gain? Sure. That almost always uh People who have weight gain issues, if I start asking them questions, what we usually find out is there's some something's going on that has them inflamed in their bodies. Right. So that's a big, broad. Yeah, I know it's a big, broad stroke. Right? So it's a common and, denominator. And, you know, Inflammation
0: is this this big, you know, kind of ambiguous monster yeah, so that, I that people you, are ta- right. people are talking about. So, so talk a little bit about that, and how can you actually measure measure inflammation in right. the body?
1: Yeah, so when I started to you know dive down into learning this model of healthcare care, uh, I, I first the only way that I knew I could do this is by if I, if I totally immersed myself in it, so that's what I did. I went full, full speed at it. like I learned everything I could, and I found some really great mentors who had been in the field still are in the trenches working people and they have been so uh big part of my learning curve because i was in real time with patient care and then i was matching it up with what the patients were coming in and you know being treated for and and the story of them they're like the getting their matrix and then i would talk to my mentors and say what's going on here and what i found And it really was not laid out to me. I kind of observed it on my own over time was that so many people and I almost say every person I've worked with so far. And I've been doing this for what, like four and a half, five years now that they all have some level of a story that goes like this. Either they are having if I say, tell me a little bit more about what's going on with with your digestion. And we'll ask, uh, you know, we'll have them fill out some assessments on that usually we find out that they have gas bloating post meals sometimes they are hungry all the time they just seem like every few hours they just want more more food other people are not hungry at all like they have no hunger signals and so they can go hours and hours and hours without eating okay so you can see how completely different that is right somebody who's hungry every few hours and somebody who it, it can go Like not have breakfast, not have lunch, maybe around lunch, they start to get a little bit like crabby. And then they
0: have a snack they grab for something quick, like a quick fuel or a snacky snack as opposed to eating a meal.
1: Or, Or they might have a meal. But then after the meal, they might feel a bit either tired or they want something sweet. Right, right, and then they might go on to later on in the afternoon need like a a pick me up of some sort. So it could be another sugary something, or it could be a caffeinated something, you know. Or
0: I see, I see the, I see the line at the coffee bar is busy all the time, and you know people are really they've, it's like they're artificially trying to raise their energy, and they're trying to lose weight. And I'm, I'm really trying to make sense of that for myself. You know, I I don't drink any coffee myself, but I realize a lot of people do. Mm And I'm not trying to specifically target coffee, but I'm just saying I think it's one of many yes. things that yeah. is just causing so much acidity in the body. Right. And, and, uh, and it
1: also and it also because of it's, you know, a in some ways it acts as um, uh, a stimulant it also can be a diuretic you know so it can you can what fl- does that mean meaning well it can stimulate you so you can give you a boost you're not going because of the caffeine and depending on what they're putting in those those coffee you're talking drinks about an energy boost yeah and if they're putting if they're lading it with a bunch of you know if it's a frappuccino versus a black coffee those are two different coffee experiences you know like something that's going to be you know a plain coffee is going to have one on it is going to be more of a a little, you know, yeah, some acidity and also some caffeination, right? But it's not going to have nearly the same bombardment of inflammatory issues as someone who's going to a Starbucks or whatever and having like these, you know, fancy coffee drinks with and adding all the sugary syrups to them and doing that day in and day out and then wondering, you know, why they don't feel so good and why they're not fitting into their clothes. So but it can go both ways. And I guess my point was is it's not always about... Person overeating and gaining weight and not being able to lose. It can sometimes be when somebody is not eating enough and the body feels like it's almost going into a bit of a um, a, a starvation, you know, like it has to protect its fuel. And so it's like holding on to its storage, it's not letting go because it's trying to hold on to energy because it's it's so, the body gets insecure, insecure, like it doesn't know when it's going to get fueled, right? So if if somebody is doing that, let's say
0: they're not hungry and then they're trying to make themselves eat and so because i've been in there i've been there before too where i wake up and for a long time i wasn't hungry in the morning time Mm -hmm. but i literally stopped eating earlier in the evening time Mm -hmm. so that i was actually fasting a longer time during sleep and everything so that when i woke up i was actually hungry right
1: yeah and it also is helping you to get like a on a better sleep pattern so i think that the the best way I can answer that is that, you know, to, to dial out the lens a little bit here and to look at a person's 24 hour cycle, they're like their 24 hour life rhythm is really important. So that's like what goes on to the daytime hours and what goes on in the nighttime hours all are all part of your same body. Right. And so if your daytime hours go something like, um, you know, you wake up, you're kind of groggy, you're not hungry, you skip breakfast or you have like a quick biscuit, something that you pick up along the way and a cup of coffee and you just kind of like fill your body up and then you go and to your next meal, you know, and then maybe you get busy at work and, uh, you know, you end up going over long and then you eat something that maybe kind of fills you up again, but it doesn't really give you fuel then, you know, by four o'clock, that person's probably going to have some, you know, roller coaster energy dips and dives going on in their in their hormones. Right. So without getting terribly complicated, our bodies are made up of feedback loops like right? all these loops going on. So if something is really low, like, say, blood sugars are dropping, then something's going to come and pick that up and put it back into and, you know, take it out of a danger zone. So If that happens, if someone's thinking over long, and maybe they're eating foods that are are not so good for them, they might not realize that they're going on this roller coaster ride because they're kind of living it. They're not really getting outside of themselves long enough to put to, to put the uh, the, like connect the dots together. I'm stumbling my words, so I need to drink some water. But then you go and you start looking at their daytime rhythms, and then you also assess how well they're sleeping. When are they going to sleep? When are they waking? Are they waking up throughout the night? Are they waking up in pain? Are they waking up for hot because they are having like hot and cold or flashes? Or whatever, like there are all these de- like clues that we have to uncover. But all that is going to determine how a person's metabolism works, and so that's how, what that's going to what is going to determine their their weight. You know, so if you have a bumpy day, all these ups and downs going on, these feedback loops kind of not really staying in the middle, but going highs and lows, that's going to cause inflammation. And that inflammation over time is going to make for hormonal imbalances, which are in turn going to cause the body to start to go into survival mode in some way. And and then you're going to start to have weight issues and pain and other
0: symptoms. And it and it seems like, you know, people don't make the connection. Let's say they say, you know, well, what does my sleep have to do with my weight? Or what is my, okay, <laughs> I get my food. Okay, my food could have something to do with my weight. But, you know, my sleep and my food and my energy... So what are some simple things that people can start doing in their life where they can start to turn this around? Because, again, Mm -hmm. we're not going to fix every problem right right here. But I mean, say, okay, what are some 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 absolute musts that people have to start incorporating into their day so that they can start making a difference for themselves?
1: Yeah. So I think the very first step is to learn to be first. Just take a a seven day period and start to become like really aware of different things that like the clues that your body is leaving right because if you if you're listening to the clues or watching out for the signs and symptoms those are those are valuable key messengers that i use to start to make sense of what's going on with each individual that i'm working with and so they help the each individual has to you know when you start to recognize that your body is really smart and that if you're let's say that you're having Oh, I mean, let's just talk about some of the common things. Let's say that you're having um, issues with emptying out your bowels, okay? So sometimes it might be sluggish. Sometimes it could be the opposite where they're kind of loose um and maybe it's alternating i know
0: it's sometimes people have trouble talking about constipation and well you know people don't <laughs> like, like to talk about body go, functions I know, when they're embarrassing like, you know, or when
1: they smell i think we were having a conversation and, and the other
0: day it's like you know you said the word poop i'm like you know, know. come on here you know listen it's part of the body functioning here.
1: yeah but you know what I, I get it it's one of those things that it's easy for us to uh you know, to not pay attention, you know, it's like, ew, it's waste. You want to just get it done and flush and be out of there. Right. So the, one of the first things I say is start paying attention. So before you flush, let's discuss, like, you have to start looking, seeing what's going on um, at the end of digestion, right? Digestion is from the, you know, it's really from the nose to the mouth all the way down into what's coming out through your skin and mm-hmm. into the toilet and through your lungs, all of that is the whole process of digestion. And I say nose, not because we eat with our nose, but we certainly begin to get signals that we're going to get fed, or we're going to like stimulate the hunger signals when right. we smell Smell the kitchen, right? the fresh so, good right? food. Yeah. So one of the one of the things, as a side note, that I actually suggest because I want to give, give people like actionable things they can do now, is since the the nose is one of the most powerful um, avenues to the brain and the brain is a direct avenue to the digestive tract, neurologically speaking, that you know what you smell can really make a difference in your energy level so if you are someone who is you know feeling like your energy is low throughout the day then you can actually smell energizing it could be it might be like you um you smell a piece of fruit especially like a citrus fruit like if you don't have to even eat it if you don't want to but i'm just saying peel off a little bit of the actual skin and let the oil from the peel or take your fingernail and kind of poke in there so you re- you, you create a little bit of a dent and you're going to smell lemon or you're going to smell the oil of an orange or a lime that'll perk you up that'll give you some like energy on a neurological level that is so powerful so that's one thing they can try also peppermint peppermint can be very energizing so if somebody is like natural like a like a real mint or peppermint can be very energizing so it could be essential oil that's peppermint it could be um any of the citrusy oils are very energizing, so during the day those are very helpful.
0: So, getting getting back to what we what we originally started with, which was about weight loss. Okay, somebody's got a good hundred pounds to lose. I know that's a, that's a lot, and I'm, you know, in Charlotte, I've really been quite shocked at the number of oh, pe- people that I mean, it really is. I've been in California, it's been everywhere, and in, in, in uh, uh, Washington D.C., all in just different places across the country, and the number of not just overweight people but obese people Mm -hmm. and the impact that is going to have not only on our society but really as an individual okay let's say somebody is 100 pounds overweight What what do they do about that? Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Well, I think, you know, again, that's the only one part of the assessment process is that, yes, that they're overweight and that's a tremendous amount of stress on their organs, it's a tremendous amount of stress on their joints. Of course, it's a a tremendous amount of stress. It could be in their psyche because maybe they don't feel at their best, right? If somebody is truly wanting to lose that weight, not everybody is wanting to lose that weight. So there's people that want to lose the weight. You have to want to be healthy. And so you address this as a whole. You, ha- you can't just go, oh, we're going to reduce calories so that you lose weight. That does that model. It, it can be effective. And I, I know that people do that, but oftentimes they will end up gaining weight back if they're only going by restriction of calories. So we have to look at the bigger picture. and why, why is that? Because if they're not getting to the root cause of what's called co- what, what, what is at the cause of the weight gain Than just, you know, changing a, uh, like, you know, almost reducing the calories just for a little while. You can only sustain that for so long. You can go on a calorie restriction. Because you're starving
0: yourself? Yeah.
1: And let's say that the person's gaining weight because they are massively, on a cell level, they are massively starving. You know, that, that sounds crazy because you think that people think that people are overweight. The last thing that you would say is that they're starving. But I will tell you, they actually are starving on a cell level that they are not getting nutrition into the cells. Those are the cells that will make the heart work, make the brain work, make the liver work, make the digestive tract work, and on and on. And on. We are made up of cells. So if your person is... And, and what's you know you're going to say to me? Well, why are this why is the cell starving? Right, that's the next question.
0: Well, it's that, and it's also I think the conversation that we've had recurringly, which is about people being malnourished (laughs) and not only seeing like an underweight person that's malnourished that kind of makes sense like maybe they're not eating enough and then you have people that are overweight and the thought that they too were malnourished was a bit mind-blowing for me like how, how could that possibly be right but
1: think about it logically how could it not be you know because their their metabolism is it's like there's a roadblock you know that things are not funneling through their systems well any person for that matter if they have any kind of chronic health issue whether it's weight gain I know that's what we're talking about but I feel like that's way too narrow of a conversation because it's only one piece of the puzzle is you know what has I I see that as my more weight gain in my opinion often is a clue that there is more inflammation right so but, but the inflammation could be you know hitting them in the joints and so they're they can't move their body as well as they used to because they're, let's say they they say it starts with knee pain they're inflamed in their knee or they're inflamed in their hip and then they can't exercise so well so they're not moving their bodies as well but they you know they're still consuming and they're not as active now so they come in and they're heavily overweight now maybe they were put on medication for the pain initially and maybe they were given steroid or some sort of you know something hardcore that's going to cause weight gain that happens all the time in our office you know people are coming in they're 40 or 50 pounds maybe even more weight gain because they've been put on steroids for their problem right and right. now my, da-
0: my dad was actually put on steroids for a long time he had MS he was diagnosed with when he was close to 25 years old and they put him on steroids and I remember seeing pictures of him when he was younger and he was like blew up like a balloon yeah puffy puffy Puffy. yeah
1: right and so now you know the same puffiness that we talk about when somebody is you know maybe obese is the same kind of puffiness that i felt for many years and i never knew what it was called and yet you would never have described me as overweight right i mean i barely so so
0: what did you notice about yourself
1: so when i started you know that was the thing that i started to do when i started to go down this path the, I, I, you know I, I was like, "Oh, I first need to start evaluating some labs. Well, I'm going to start with my own." So I got my lab work and I found out that even though I was definitely um, you know in good shape and I was a healthy weight and you know at the most i would fluctuate would be maybe five eight pounds you know just during those fluffy times of the month you know like women go through fluffy periods when you know they might be going through their cycles and so forth and so there's ups and downs but it was never big swings for me so when i started doing this i realized that one of the bigger things that was going on with me was that i had digestive inflammation and that's a you know kind of a you know how generic did, how, did, how did
0: you how did you know that about yeah, yourself
1: because when i started looking at, i assessed myself and i noticed that so you, i so was
0: you you i'm sorry to interrupt you yeah. so you you went and had your blood drawn
1: yeah well first a, thing i did was a heck of a lot of blood Well, no no it really wasn't that much it's it's really not um but it was the first thing i did was i um i did self-assessments on myself i i looked at i did a, a metabolic assessment and a neurotransmitter assessment and I realized that there were some patterns there. I'm like, oh wow, I never realized that that you know there were some of the symptoms symptoms that were going on there that I just thought were were just normal, like things that you know that maybe sometimes I would feel a little puffy or bloated after I would eat. Like I wanted to sometimes um, uh, I would get tired after I ate. Sometimes I would not feel so good if I ate like you know kind of greasy or fried foods um i would sometimes feel nausea if i like remember when we went scuba diving we were out in like the water or there was like it didn't always happen this way but there was a period of time when i noticed that like i started to feel like a little bit more claustrophobic or even like a little motion sickness like i was easily like things like going on like the swing sensitivity
0: yeah, to movement yeah like movement
1: was kind of strange and i didn't know why and um and also sometimes my bowel movements were kind of floating rather than sinkers, and again, I didn't know why it was curious, but no one would ever explain to me why and Then I started to put the pieces of the puzzle together, and I realized that I was actually not absorbing my food well, and rather than going down a whole like boring geeky pathway, maybe one day we'll get into that, but that that might be a whole other conversation unless you want to get into it. I don't mind sharing it but no I, was I mean not I think really what food. i'm what and, I'm well,
0: interested in is is really what people can do because ultimately it's like we know what we know and i have this conversation with myself frequently it's like i'm not saying this because i need to know this i already know this yeah you know i'm trying to learn more so i can help myself but how can we how can we help our audience to make better decisions yeah so
1: you know i think that the way that i learned it on my own self was the same way that i actually do it with other patients which is we first start by assessing what's going on within ourselves right and there's a you know just a great amount of um breadcrumbs hopefully gluten-free breadcrumbs like like they're, they're clues along the way that are saying hey this is what i'm noticing about myself i'm noticing that sometimes i feel this way after i eat and sometimes i notice that i don't sleep well or even with adequate sleep i still feel fatigue or tired i'm just not feeling myself like things don't my get up and go sort of is going somewhere else and it's not it's unpredictable it's not always that way but it comes and goes but now maybe it's coming more and it's not going away so easily so i I go to the medical doctor and i tell them the story and they say okay well let's run some labs run labs come back and say great news pretty much you know nothing going on here maybe you're you know maybe some of your blood fats could be better we could put you on a um a statin drug and maybe you know do something about that high blood pressure those are two things and let's see what's Cholesterol, going
0: on high blood right pressure, so that's how usually that it
1: shows up right and sure. this person might already be on of other things too so then We don't know. Every person is different. That's the key is that you got to, you got to, you know, address it. The personal individual person that's in front of us every time and say, okay, we're going to help you figure it out, but you're going to become a really, really good body detective. And we're going to show you the way. Okay. Start paying attention to the clues. Start paying attention to what you're eating how you feel after you eat and what your poops look like and do that for seven days. That's a great starting place. Okay. At I least we're going to get some rhythms.
0: So much of my life. I feel like people have said that like, I, it, I'm not really in charge of my health, my decisions, you know, people would defer their, their judgment to tell them. And so take back your in power. terms of looking at the things that we can do and we can empower ourselves. So to the audience to pay attention here, because, you know, really what we're trying to do is help you to become empowered within yourself so that you can live healthier and you can age better and you can have a better life.
1: Yes. And, and you don't have to go it alone. See, so, and actually you can't go it alone. You really can't go it alone. If you are not trained in this stuff, I'm telling you from my heart, you absolutely need to find a healthcare provider who knows how to put the pieces of the puzzle together and work with you, right? Work with the individual and say, tell me your clues. Okay, let's make sense of the crazy. And then we're gonna reverse engineer this out. You're gonna, we're gonna turn this around and it's gonna take a team effort. Most of it's on the patient, but I will help you put together the, you know, well, first of all, figure out what's going on. Got to get down, dig, dig, dig through the muddy waters, clean up the muck, and then you start working it backwards. And you're like, okay, we got to, you know, just, you know, where's the root of this? Let's g- get to that. And really, I say the word root in so many levels because if you think about our bodies, and I mentioned about how the cells play such a key role, if you can see that as the same way as we would view soil, right? If you had a a, a seed and you, you bought a bunch of seeds and you're like, I want to make a, I I'm to plant a garden, you know, or I'm going to plant these basil whatever it is that you want to plant. You're going to get soil and you're going to get the seeds. The seeds are like your cells. Okay. The seeds are like the, 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 the cellular makeup of you know, that cell is basically unexpressed potential, right? Right now it's just a seed, but it could be uh, a fruit tree. It could be an oak tree. It could be a basil, whatever, whatever you want, whatever that seed is, you get the point. But right now it's un. its potential that has not actually been actualized. It needs to have nourishment. So our bodies, the blood and all the fluids that are flowing through our bodies, um, are sort of the terrain for the, the cells And the cells are like the seeds. Right. So if you kind of see it from that perspective, then you realize that you've got to make sure that you're taking care of the terrain, the stuff that's in your body that like is the how your body gets nourished, how the cells get nourished and how the cells get transported from one place to another. You have these pathways. Right. And they need to have flow. And they need to be able to have those feedback loops that say, okay, what's going on down there? You know, the brain's asking the the the, the cell the cells of the liver to tell you what's going on down there, and then it gives a little feedback up to, you know, the other side. So it's like, you know, there's a, there's communication pathways all all the time, and your cells are really smart. So that's why I say the body is brilliant, and if we can see it for what it is. So most people, their terrain or their soil, whatever you want to call that is really, um, it's, it's, it's got issues, right? We, they wouldn't be coming to see me. And I say that to people, listen, we're going to question most of the things that you're doing on a regular basis, because otherwise you wouldn't be here. Would you like, if you were doing great, you wouldn't be in my office having a conversation with me about your problems. So everything is suspect right now until proven otherwise. That means we got to look at the food that you're eating. We want to look at what are those big triggers in your life when you maybe had, uh, a concussion or you fell and you broke a bone or you were in a traumatic accident or you had a parent die or, you know, you know, you a divorce. Can't, you can't sleep. Right. You can whatever. But all you're these go. pivotal yeah. moments where maybe you got a bad case of, you know, uh, some infection and, and it really messed with you, but you recovered from it. But we want to know all those different parts of your history because they're significant and they might've affected the terrain right so we want to make sure so you're saying
0: even if it happened when i was a kid could it still be affecting me now it
1: absolutely can be and if you're still having issues or or if your issues unless you know again we start building the the story, I mean, you know, somebody else says, you know, tell me the first time that you had those headaches and they'll say, oh, I remember having them when I was eight years old. I had migraines at eight years old and they did all these tests on me. Nobody could figure out what was going on with me. So they were like, you just have to live with it. I just had a patient in last week and that was we, we did a consult. And that's what she told me that since eight years old, she's been having migraines and that, you know, now she's in her um, late 20s and she is, you know, managing with medication and she's got other issues. And so, again, I, we, we're waiting on her lab work to come back, but I can guarantee you that what I'm gonna find is gonna help, is gonna match up to what her assessments are saying about we're gonna find this root, what, where the inflammation's coming from, not if she's, inflama- inf- if she's inflamed, because I know she is. I already know that. So now it's a question of where's the inflammation, what's driving that inflammation, so that we gotta figure that out. And almost always, there's a component of the food so that's where we go back for me i changed my the way i was eating was not working for me i didn't realize there were foods that i was actually ingesting on a fairly regular basis that were actually not good for me they were they were causing me to have inflammation in my diet and my digestive system so it was like you know kind of like a scratching a wound over and over again it can't quite heal if it keeps getting irritated you keep picking at the scab right well that's what's going on every time that i was eating certain foods I didn't even know it because it wasn't like I didn't feel good after I ate them. I didn't make the connection that, oh, wow, that's why I'm you know noticing that I feel gassy and bloated. Or that's why I noticed that I feel fatigue after I eat or you know things like that. So I started to eliminate and heal at the same time. I took out the inflammatory foods and then I started to fill my body with more of the things that I was deficient in so that I would have the like the terrain, get the soil to get nourished again so that I could start to function right. And that's pretty much what it is.
0: Makes perfect sense. So for all of you out there, you're trying to come up with solutions in your own life. You're trying to become healthier, live healthier. This is Living Max Health. Uh, channel, and everything that we 're going to do here is about helping you to look at your body and look at your health in a completely new way. you know some of it may be, it may be old stuff, old school, but the fact is sometimes to get to where you want to go, you need a new path a new a new strategy and so I really appreciate um, Dr. Pepper coming on on the on the line here we 'll definitely do more of these um, but uh, definitely uh, ask some questions, get involved in the conversation. And uh, we're so happy that you listened.
1: Yeah. And I just didn't close I want to just make a couple, if I may, a couple comments. And that is that by no means is there judgment if someone is on one medication, four medications, you know, 20 medications. I mean, it gets a little crazy and we're we're here to help them to find answers to what they want answers with not everybody feels like they want to get off all their medications and so you can speak to your doctor you can find a health provider who can co-manage your health care and you just start with one foot in front of the other and it you know it's that it's that easy and it's also that um that that's that direct you know, you just when you say, how do you go from losing, you know, like, to losing 100 pounds? Well, you do it one foot in front of the other, and once they get to like week four, week five, week six of the way that they start feeling, they're hooked. They, you don't even, we don't even have to like further convince them that this is the way to go because they are already feeling the results and they are just coming back and going, now, what do I need to do? Tell me more, you know, because that's how this works. You just start moving one foot in front of the other. And then before you know it, you, you have your life back. You have your health back. You have, you know, physically and mentally, you're on a, the right path.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks. Thanks for being here. I love it. I I love the conversation and, and everybody, you have a great day. Thanks so much. If you like today's episode, then please subscribe on iTunes and make sure to check out our YouTube page called Living Max Health. There you will find helpful videos on how to get out of pain and live a healthier lifestyle. We appreciate your honest feedback. We're here to help you.